Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the FT Advisor podcast. I'm Damien Fantato, Deputy Editor of Financial Advisor. This week, we're going to try and wrap our heads around a particular section of the global economy that had a lot of investors scratching their heads. Here to chat with us about this is Anna Stupnitska, Global Economist at Fidelity. Hello, Anna. Hello, and thank you for having me. And uh, David Thorpe, Investment Reporter at FT Advisor. Hello, David. Hello, thank you. The new year saw a pretty strong rally in terms of US equities. Anna, what as far as, far as you're concerned is the outlook uh, for the rest of the year? Well, it's pretty interesting that uh, um, we have seen this very strong disconnect between uh, what the markets have been doing and what the economy has been doing. Uh, so the macro side, we have seen a uh, slowdown which started uh, towards the end of last year and we've seen some disappointing data, headlines on the ISM, for example, one of the uh, business confidence indicators, uh, a number of other data points that investors focus on. But at the same time, equity markets, as you say, have done extremely well. I think this disconnect has been partly driven by the dovish uh, pivot from the Fed and other central banks that um, has supported this uh, risk sentiment. Uh, But as we look uh, over the next few months, I think uh, there is a question of whether data will stabilize and start improving. And uh, the markets, I think, will will take the the cue from the data. My base case is that the UK, the US economy, uh, is actually uh, relatively strong, particularly relative to other de- uh, developed markets, and the data will start stabilizing and improving, and that means the Federal Reserve will start thinking about potentially pivoting back uh, to a somewhat more hawkish stance as the year unfolds. But for now, we still need to wait for the for the data improvement to come through, and I think the markets are going to be a bit more cautious than they have been year to date. Mm-hmm. And, and David, what do you think the uh, likely impact is going to be if the Fed becomes more hawkish or if it stays loose? Well, I think the improved uh, market conditions that we've seen so far in 2019 have been a combination. Perhaps initially in January, it was just a feeling that the sell-off had gone too far in December. And then, as Anna says, the loose policy of the Fed, where they announced they didn't expect interest rates to go up this year in the US, gave another little boost to markets. If, after all of that, uh, Jerome Powell, the US chair of the central bank, were to shock markets by putting rates up, I think markets would would convulse, would would hyperventilate. But as Anna says, you know, the economic data is weakened. It's not exactly catastrophic and interest rates are not particularly high in the US. So it's really hard to know. And I think it's the policy question they're grappling with. What is the correct or true or, as economists put it, the neutral rate that interest rates should be at? So there was some talk about a Trump bond after the tax changes came into effect, which boosted equities. Has that now run its course, do you think? For sure, the fiscal stimulus of uh, 2018 is now fading. If we look at the uh, quarterly effects throughout the year, it actually turns negative towards the second half of 2019. Uh, So that is partly why we are observing a slowdown in the US economy. At the same time, one supporting factor to uh, growth momentum is the 
easing of financial conditions that we've seen year to date. Financial conditions tightened considerably in the fourth quarter of last year, and that is actually something that led to this dovish pivot by the Fed and by the central banks. But now we have seen the unwinding, and the financial conditions are nearly at the same levels as they were at the beginning of Q4. So even though we have the fiscal stimulus impact clearly fading through the year, the more accommodative financial conditions will help support growth going forward. And we've obviously got the president of USA's trade policy to grapple with, which has been controversial to say the least. What do you think the likely impact of that has been? Do you think that's sort of counterbalanced the positive effects of his tax cut? There is no question that the uncertainty related to the US-China trade war has weighed on sentiment and ultimately on real data, not just in the US, but globally, particularly globally, in China, in Europe, and the rest of the world. This is probably coming to an end, that that negative impact that we have seen from tariffs and confidence. Obviously, there is a lot of focus of what's going to come out of the ongoing negotiations. But once, and hopefully once this uncertainty uh, goes away, I think this will also support sentiment for businesses uh, and also for markets to some extent. So we have seen the impact, and, and I suspect the worst is probably behind unless we do have continued threats and perhaps the actual policy move from uh, Trump's side to impose tariffs on European imports. I think that's going to be a big shock, not just for Europe, but for the rest of the world. David, what do you think the impacts of the trade war are likely to be going forward? I guess traditional economic theory is that anything that impedes the free movement of goods, services and people is inflationary. Trade war, by definition, has tariffs on it. Perhaps the big uh, surprise so far has been that US inflation hasn't picked up as much as might have been expected when you combine the the tax cuts that you that you mentioned earlier with with tariffs that should be very inflationary it hasn't happened yet but then we're all, we're you know we're in the early stages of Trump's trade policies with China and it could as Anna mentioned extend to to Europe later if it does the impact would surely be inflationary and we're now at the I suppose we're at the beginning of the 2020 election uh, cycle. What, Anna, do you think the impact of this is likely to be? I think the general expectation is that Trump would certainly want to support the economy in some way, particularly if uh, growth deterioration continues. Some of the comments on the Fed in particular that we, we have heard over the past few days are perhaps already part of the election campaign, that the Fed should cut rates, they should restart quantitative easing and that is I guess the direction of travel to some extent from Trump's side to start to, to, to try to support markets and investor sentiment and perhaps to also introduce some policies to help the economy even though I think um, he is probably quite limited in this respect. And perhaps this also means that on the trade policy side, he will not do anything too negative that would have a detrimental impact to the US as they are coming up to elections. David, what do you think? I think an interesting development might well be as candidates 
position more and, and, and communicate more could be the impact on individual sectors of the US stock market. For example, there's quite often a lot of rhetoric about drug prices and healthcare costs in the US. If that picks up, that could be quite negative for that part of the uh, economy. If Trump uh, or other candidates decide to up the rhetoric about America first, as he called it last time, that could perhaps hit some of the businesses on the US market that export quite a lot to other countries. Mm -hmm. And by certain um, calculations, the Democratic Party candidates are much more left wing than they have been for many years. How should investors regard that? Is that a concern or a positive thing? Or how does that impact uh, David? Well, I mean, the first thing is, I suppose, to put put these things into context when individuals in the UK talk about left wing, they may mean something different to what is to what is meant in the UK. It's about grades of, of difference. Um, I suppose the traditional uh, policies of a left wing politician um, are often not market uh, friendly, but are often viewed as being quite inflationary. And again, that could be something it's it's we haven't really had very much inflation at a global level. It's unprecedented really in economics to have a t- 10 years of economic expansion uh, in a row without having inflation. QE was thrown at it and that didn't lead to it. As I mentioned earlier, tariffs were thrown at it and that hasn't really led to it very much. It could well be that more populist economic policies whether they come from the left or the right, could be uh, what finally brings the inflation through. And that, of course, impacts on asset allocation decisions. Higher inflation is generally bad for bonds. Bonds have been a feature so far of 2019. The US government bond has rallied quite heavily. That's in expectation, perhaps, that inflation's not going to go up because the economic data is weaker. But if... uh, politicians gain traction with policies that are viewed as being more populist, that could go into reverse. Anna Duga? Uh, I agree. And I, I think the important point to bear in mind for investors is that uh, whether it's a left-wing candidate or a right-wing candidate, it does seem very uh, likely that uh, the whole sort of populist uh, uh, dynamic is going to continue. Uh, so populist policies, I think, will continue dominating market and market sentiment. And though this will affect uh, uh, sectors differently. Uh, and I do agree on the inflation point, partly perhaps uh, uh, if the government continues uh, spending much more, uh, but also the fact that we are now 10 years or so into this expansion. Obviously, we have been waiting for a pickup in wage growth, and we have seen that now with the past year or so. It's uh, quite in line with historical trend or even a little bit above that. And at the same time, the unemployment rate continues falling. So the labor market is tightening, wages are growing. And at some point, we have to see some pass through into inflation from wages. So I do think that this combination of perhaps potential uh, tariff effects that um, we talked about, uh, populism policies, and also a very, very tight labor market and this pass through into inflation means that if, as we look uh, over the next year or so, uh, inflation risks really ask you to the upside. And I think that's the most important point to bear for investors to bear in mind, particularly considering where bond yields are today. Mm-hmm. So overall, are you positive, negative, a bit meh on the US? 
On the U.S., mm. um, I think I'm quite positive on the U.S. growth. It's certainly a late cycle environment. Uh, I don't expect growth to be well above trend, and uh, I, I don't think we are going back into the territory unless we have another f- big fiscal stimulus. Uh, but growth around two or perhaps uh, just uh, below two percent on average for the year, I think, is is very respectable. Um, I think the housing market, the housing sector, which has struggled over the past couple of years, is now uh, starting to stabilize. I think, which is good news. I think consumer will continue to to deliver decent growth. I think in, on the investment side, there is a question mark on what companies are going to do again in the late cycle environment. But overall, I'm I'm quite a bit, not extremely bullish, but I certainly think we are not uh, going or we are unlikely to see a recession uh, in the U.S. for the next 12 months, which, as we know, some expect and perhaps uh, some markets are pricing a probability of that, um, I think that probability is still quite low. Mm-hmm. And Thorpe, how should investors regard the US? I think the challenge that investors have had with the US for quite a number of years is um, that while the economy seemed to be in, in the best health and there seemed to be the most level of certainty, stock prices already reflected that. So you had a choice really of paying what looked like expensive valuations for some element of certainty or going to other markets such as the UK or Europe where the certainty was much lower but so were the uh, stock prices. Towards the end of last year when the market sold off, the US market sold off with everything else so maybe you were getting more attractive valuations but valuations have come right back up again and investors have the same dilemma they had before except they have the certainty again perhaps that interest rates will also not move up which is what supported the high valuations the first time around mm-hmm. great okay thank you very much anna thank you and thank you very much david thank you thank you